Engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Good evening. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson. I feel like we should be starting with like music like this or something. Because we got to talk about Matt Lauer and, well, adult-themed content. Um, we, we will be decent knowing that there are children in the cars. Y'all, this Matt Lauer stuff, I, I need to tell you guys a story that I have never told you before that takes on all sorts of additional meaning today uh in all seriousness my very first time filling in for rush limbaugh was um the december 22nd of 2013 and the very first time you fill in for rush limbaugh they make you go to new york to rockefeller center where rush's office was and it was on uh, 13th 14th floor of one of the rockefeller center buildings and he has a beautiful office, a huge, huge, beautiful office. Um, the golden EIB microphone had been taken away because he was not there. He had, I'll never forget, he had models. He had a, a B-2 bomber, stealth bomber. Uh, he had a, a model of his EIB-1. And it's just, it was a beautiful office. And you could look across the street to the main Rockefeller Center building, 30 Rock. And there was a beautiful garden on top of a portion of the building that you could look down at and see. Beautifully landscape trees. You can see this if you watch the Defenders on um, if you watch the Defenders on Netflix. There is a scene with Sigourney Weaver, and she is in a garden that looks out over St. Patrick's Cathedral, and that's part of this garden complex that you can look down on. Mine was on the front side, on the 6th Avenue side. That part where they filmed it was on the 5th Avenue side, but is a beautiful garden. And I'll never forget, I'm in Rush Limbaugh's office looking out over this garden, and Kit Carson comes in. At the time he's alive, he and, and Bo Snurley are both there, and Kit comes in, and I just mentioned I never knew that that was there. That was that was beautiful. And he said, well, you should hang out all day, and you'll see Matt Lauer having sex with various people. I mean, just that that frank about it. And then Snurdly tells me he's not the only NBC News guy that you'll see up there with various women, not his wife. Uh, but it was all matter of fact, and, and I mentioned this to a friend of mine who worked in that building, and he said, oh yeah, there, there were times of the day that you you knew you weren't able to get access to that rooftop garden. Because various NBC personalities would be up there with their girlfriends or mistresses or others. I mean, that was the culture. That is how well known it was. That's how well known it was. That's how well known it is. This is Harvey Weinstein-esque in that everybody knew about it. And I got to tell you, if you have ever gone grocery shopping at your local Kroger Republics and you've stood in line at the checkout counter and seen all of the gossip rags there from the Inquirer to the rest of them, you knew that Matt Lauer was a hot mess waiting to explode. You knew it from all of these. And, and you know, I've had people say, well, you can't say that because the, Sasquatch is real. Well, ask John Edwards and his love child. They do occasionally get these things right, and it has been consistent for two decades that Matt Lauer was an awful human being. 
So here's what we know about Matt Lauer. There's a really just horrifying piece in Variety. And so, again, I want to tread lightly here because I know many of you have kids in the car and we try to be a family-friendly program here. As the co-host of NBC's Today, Matt Lauer once gave a colleague a <clears throat> adult toy as a present. It, it included an explicit note about how he wanted to use it on her, which left her mortified. On another day, he summoned a different female employee to his office and then dropped his pants, showing her, <clears throat> you know. After the employee declined to do anything visibly shaken, he reprimanded her for not engaging in the conduct he wanted. He would sometimes quiz female producers about who they'd been with, offering to trade names, and he loved to engage in the, uh, you know, Mary Kill game, <clears throat> in which he'd identify the female co-host he'd like to get with. Uh, and uh, there's another report out that he kept it within NBC News because he was so well-known uh, that he couldn't be running around sneaking into hotels at night uh, with various celebrities because his wife would find out. And they emboldened him at NBC. This comes as well today. Garrison Keeler, a Prairie Home companion, has been fired by Minnesota Public Radio for sexual harassment. Uh, this comes a day after he penned a defense of Al Franken, saying Al Franken shouldn't have to resign from the Senate. Now, for those of you who don't know who Garrison Keeler is, and, and my producer, I'm appalled to know, did not know who Garrison Keeler is. Garrison Keeler is a famous author, radio show host who penned a series of books and as the head of Prairie Home Companion on the on PBS would offer tales from Lake Wobegon. He was a storyteller par excellence. And I mean, it was hard to rival him. He's a fantastic storyteller, even if he is a huge liberal. And, you know, it does seem that there are the media is so fixated on Roy Moore and Donald Trump. They are ignoring all the big liberals out there who are sexually harassing people. Uh, you should know that Jim Clyburn, who is the number three ranking Democrat in the House of Representatives, was asked if John Conyers should resign. John Conyers, more stories have come out about him today, including him exposing himself to various people. And Jim Clyburn said that John Conyers was elected, unlike Harvey Weinstein or Matt Lauer, and he should go nowhere. Uh, the voters can handle this. This, by the way, is why younger Democrats want a revolution within the House Democratic ranks. They are spitting mad about these old guard Democrats excusing sexual harassment, sexual assault, and all sorts of other bad behaviors, and they're older than Donald Trump. And the young guys are just livid, absolutely livid, that these old guys are still running the roost and essentially giving up ground that these progressives would like to use against Republicans. Oh, by the way, Roy Moore is officially back up in the polls. Hard to keep the media beating the drum on Roy Moore when they've got their own members of the media they're required to cover. Yep. The, maybe if the Roy Moore story had broken three or four days out from the election, it could have had an effect, but it's been so long now, people forget the faster feeler thesis, that the news cycle churns so quickly, so fast, people can't keep up, they forget and move on. They decide it doesn't matter, they already know it, it's an old story now. Matt Lauer is the new hot mess story of the day. John Conyers continues, we've now got Garrison Keillor, but Garrison Keillor largely retired and old. Uh, we, we're focused on Matt Lauer today. 
a preening smug liberal. And by the way, you, you know, liberals are attacking Matt Lauer today, saying that he should have lost his job because he dared to ask tough questions of the precious Hillary Clinton. I'm not kidding you. They actually are attacking him today, saying he should have long ago lost his job for daring to question Hillary, Her Majesty Rodham Clinton. They want to have it every which way. These are the people who shape the news, who shape the narrative, who shape the tales, who shape the facts. And Lauer has been getting a long time pass from NBC News. And people are coming forward today saying that NBC News executives covered for him forever because he was so popular with people. This is very much sounds like a Bill O'Reilly situation where O'Reilly... He turned in the ratings, so everybody turned a blind eye. And, you know, well, there's something to be said for that, uh, negatively so. And, well, I don't know. I'm looking at the clock. I, I, I got something to say on this, but it, it may it may get me. I don't know. I'll stew over it in commercial break, and I suspect I'll say it and maybe get fired when we come back. We'll see. It is 26 after the hour. Eric Erickson here. I have a Omaha Steaks confession to make that I haven't wanted to admit to any of you. And the only reason I'm admitting it is because I was confronted by a listener at the Quick Trip in Locust Grove today about Omaha Steaks. <laughs> so, you know, they send me Omaha Steaks. They send me a big package of Omaha Steaks before I do it, just so I know what I'm getting, uh, know what you would be getting. They send it to me. I don't have to actually pay for it. And we ate our way through it so fast because uh, it was actually that good that my wife actually made me order one. So I've gotten two of them, uh, one as a courtesy and the other I paid for out of my own pocket. I did use my first name, though. I do want you to know, because I wasn't paying one ninety nine ninety nine when I get it for forty nine ninety nine. But you can too, and that's the point. And it is that good. So what you do for forty nine ninety nine, you get my family gift pack. You go to omahasteaks.com and you enter my first name, Eric E R I C K, in the search bar. Seventy five percent off, and trust me, I'm on my second package of this stuff. It's good. And it is good savings just for my listeners. Here is everything you're going to get. Here's everything I've now gotten twice for less than $50. Two filet mignons, two top sirloins, two boneless pork chops, four boneless chicken breasts, four kielbasa sausages, four burgers, four potatoes all gratin, four caramel apple tartlets, one Omaha steak seasoning packet, plus you get an additional uh, four kielbasa sausages for free. It's a lot of sausages that make a lot of good gumbo. So you go to omahasteaks.com, you enter my first name, Eric, E-R-I-C-K, in the search bar, and you get 75% savings. And yes, I have made it through two of these. Well, I haven't quite made it through the second one, yes. But yes, I have bought this for myself. I even used my first name so that I can get the discount that you can get. It is good, good food, and it will feed a family. It is great for holiday season. Okay, here's... here's uh, how do I, I, I don't want to sound pretentious. I don't want to sound bad and I've got to avoid profanity. So how do I do this? Channeling my inner boards. Here's the thing. People, if you listen to any theologian out there, Russell Moore, John Piper, Tim Keller, uh, for God's sakes, you listen to Pat Robertson 
every single one of these people will tell you the more you sexualize culture, the more you treat men and women as identical beings, the more you're going to hypersexualize culture and you're going to see stuff like this happen. And guess what? We told you this was going to happen. I mean, you do not have to be some sort of prophetic voice from heaven to know that this stuff is going to happen when you hypersexual. I mean, look at slutting up Halloween, for God's sakes. You put your four-year-old in a tramp costume, horror up out there on the street getting candy from people, and what should it do? I mean, you see this in Halloween. You see this in the, the slutty Santa girl outfits that are on sale now for Christmas. You sexualized culture. Guess what you're going to get? A sexualized culture where people do this stuff. Shame on all of us, not just Matt Lauer and Garrison Keeler and the like. I'm going to deviate from what I had intended to talk about. Democratic lawmakers are coming out uh, blasting Nancy Pelosi over her harassment response. Uh, the minority leader's comments on John Conyers set women back decades, says Representative Kathleen Rice, who is vastly younger than Nancy Pelosi. Um, and by the way, a bipartisan group of lawmakers in the House intends to introduce legislation to disclose all of the sexual harassment claims paid and who the harasser was. But... We'll get into that more later. I'm just I'm I'm gonna follow up on this. Listen, y'all. Men and women are not the same, and you know you get people angry with you these days when you talk about complementarism. That men and women are to complement each other, not complement as in niceties to each other, but complement as in they all have a role to play, and it is not the same role. A father is not a mother, and a mother is not a father, and you ask any single parent out there, and they will tell you that they have to work overtime to play both roles. It is not easy, and they are not the same. And then you get into this in in culture and society, and you have people say, well, you know, men and women are the same, and they are going to be treated exactly the same. I know how my guy friends and I talk to each other, and I would never talk to a woman that way. And yet, in Liberalville, New York City, of course, the women and the men, they're as vulgar as each other. And here in Atlanta, too, in some cases. And the hookup culture, the, the over-sexualized culture, everybody can sleep with everybody and there are no consequences because you just go have an abortion. Life doesn't begin until you take the baby home from the hospital. Life isn't sacred. Your life isn't sacred. You have no value other than what you can give someone else. And let's hook up together and, and we can use each other for our own gratification. This is the culture we live in, and this is the culture in which this sort of sexual harassment and sexual assault thrive. And if you listen to any theologian, I mean, down to freaking Bugs Bunny, for God's sakes, I mean, more likely than not, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to tell you this sort of stuff is going to happen. And you put people in positions of power who have no ounce of humility at all. And the culture feeds them for fame and fortune and power. It is a lot about power. And they've got no sense of humility. Well, humility is a Christian virtue. And we can't have Christian virtues anymore. You know, the left says you've got to abandon your values to be in political office anyway. 
I mean, people thrive in, in this culture. And I, I, I mean, I got to tell you, I, I maintain one of the best pieces of advice I've ever gotten came from Rush, who told me I needed somebody on my staff to tell me I, I'd screwed up. Because you get in the media, and I see it happen with people. In I have been in, in and on TV for years. And there are people out there who surround themselves with syncophants, yes men, who will never tell them they've done something wrong, who will never tell them they screwed up. Your ratings are number one. You can get away with whatever you want as long as you're making the rest of us money. And they thrive in that. And we got the, the slutty four-year-old Halloween costume, the, the, the slutty Mrs. Santa costume for, for Christmas, and nobody thinks twice about it, and it's okay. And you can't judge me. Judge not lest you be judged. Isn't that what your Bible says, Christian? You better not tell me anything. Well, you know what? I am going to tell you. When you live your life like this and you let bad people thrive because they're making you money and it's all about power, stuff like this happens. It is not safe for your child in the world. And we're going to have more of these, or there aren't going to be less. This isn't the beginning of the end. This is just the beginning of the beginning. And it's just going to keep happening. I mean, the Matt Lowers of the world, there are a lot of them in the media and they make money. And there is a missing link to all of this that a buddy of mine pointed out in email. This sort of stuff doesn't happen in a Christian culture. It happens in a Planned Parenthood culture. And that's not to say you, you have that culture that you're going to have, you're not going to have bad things. We're all sinners. And it is going to happen. There are churches who, there have been abuse in churches. But it's the exception, not the norm. And it seems more and more in Hollywood and high society and the media, it's the norm, not the exception, that bad behavior like this happens. And by the way, here's you a dirty little secret. It's not just the men. No, it's not. It is not just the men. There are women sexual harassers and sexual abusers as well. Very few men are going to come forward and talk about that, but it happens. It does. So here's a missing link. Why, have you wondered, why is all of this stuff happening with Harvey Weinstein instead of with Bill O'Reilly and Roger Ailes? Because you would think that's what got the ball rolling, Bill O'Reilly, Roger Ailes. Until you realize that those weren't sincere attacks about sexual harassment and sexual assault by the media. That was all about getting Fox News. That was all about destroying Fox News. It had nothing to do with the media actually caring about the allegations. Only when Harvey Weinstein came forward did the ball start rolling on this. Because then the media had to care. Because they couldn't just use this stuff to discredit conservatives. They couldn't use it to go after Fox. They couldn't use it to go after Donald Trump or Roy Moore or anyone else. It was coming after themselves. And women started coming forward and saying, oh, it's not just him. Let me tell you what happened to me. Then they had to pay attention to it. And they didn't want to pay attention to it. They wanted to ignore it. But this is the culture that a secular society created. This is a culture that gave a big middle finger to moral humility, to modesty. 
No, you're not allowed to talk about modesty. Maya Bialik or whatever who played Blossom on TV, she pinned an op-ed saying, you know, if if women weren't out there dressing like whores and, and everything else and, and dressing in short skirts and trying to hypersexualize themselves to get ahead in life, thinking that that's how they got ahead in life, some of this stuff wouldn't be happy. Some of it would, some of it wouldn't. And she got torn to pieces. Angela Lansbury, 92-year-old Angela Lansbury, came out yesterday and said, you know, some of this is on the women who decided that modesty was a bad thing and decided to hypersexualize themselves. Well, it was a, an open invitation in the eyes of some men that they could get away with this stuff and that you would be fine with it. And it wasn't. And it was never right. It's never an excuse. But you're not allowed to talk about modesty. You're not allowed to talk about humility. You talk about modesty and humility, you're ridiculed, you're mocked. You are a prude. And, you know, that was part of the thing with the Bill Clinton stuff in the 90s is the left didn't want to condemn Bill Clinton because they were afraid of being labeled prudish. They were afraid of being labeled with those icky Christian bigots that they were closed-minded and we're a free love society. Now, this is where free love gets you. NBC News, Matt Lauer with a button to close the door in his office. It's disgusting. But it's what happens when people mock virtue, when people mock humility and modesty and honesty. Breaking news, this just happened. The Senate Republicans have the votes on the motion to proceed to bring the tax bill to the floor. They were waiting on Senator Bob Corker to cast his vote, uh, we have enough Republicans voting 50-48. Uh, there are two outstanding votes for it to happen. Senator Bill Cassidy and Senator James Langford have not voted yet, uh, but they only needed 50 votes to do it, and they have it. The motion to proceed has been uh, voted for, and the voterama will begin. So what happens? When we come back, I will break down the play-by-play of what's going to happen moving forward with the Republican tax bill. The New York Times editorial page, by the way, has taken over the New York Times opinion uh, Twitter feed and is trying to urge people to call Republican senators to get them to vote against the tax plan, claiming that it will raise taxes on the poorest people in the country. Interestingly enough, yesterday, the actual New York Times reporter pages reported that the poorest of the poor in this country will get the biggest tax cut. So you got the editorial page of the New York Times saying the poorest people in America will get a huge tax increase and the actual reporters and analysts of the New York Times saying they'll get the biggest tax uh, decrease, the biggest tax cut. They don't know what's going on. This is the same editorial page that attacked Sarah Palin over the the, uh, Gabby Gifford shooting in Arizona when the actual reporters concluded that she was not involved at all. Uh, Them now being sued by Sarah Palin, justifiably so for that. Uh, They don't know what's going on. It is just a bunch of liberals who don't want to cut taxes. That's all it is. They don't have a real principled opposition to it. By the way, Vox.com, the Vox kids, they ran a story yesterday that if this tax bill passes, more 3,000 more people a year will die of alcohol poisoning. Why? Because the Republicans are going to lower the tax on alcohol, which in Trump's America, you would think liberals would be celebrating. But according to the Vox kids, more people will die because the tax will decrease. In other words, the Vox kids believe that tax increases and decreases will affect people's behavior. But these are the same people who deny that a minimum wage increase 
will affect anybody's behavior when it comes to hiring and firing. So taxes might affect your behavior, but raising the minimum wage, no, no employer will ever stop hiring people if you raise the minimum wage. But you reduce that tax on alcohol, 3,000 more people will die. Just the left believes that tax policy can be used to control people's behavior. And of course, conservatives do as well. And that's why we oppose all deductions and credits in favor of flat tax with no deductions and credits, because the role of the tax code should be to increase revenue to Washington to pay for the government, not to control people's behaviors. But you're not allowed to say that, are you? When we come back, the play-by-play of what's going to happen now that the motion to proceed has occurred. Hello there. It is nine after the hour. I am Eric Erickson, and this is WSB. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. Nikki Haley at the UN Security Council has said that the North Koreans have brought us one step closer to a war we do not want. Her words regarding their ICBM launch. Uh, Interesting times. So what's going to happen with this uh, Senate tax plan? Well, we go to what's called Votorama in the Senate. The Senate has interesting rules, and every senator is equal. The only reason the majority leader and the minority leader have any real power in the Senate is because, by Senate tradition, they are given uh, preferential recognition by the president of the Senate. So, for example... If two people stand up to speak and at the same time, the majority leader is given the recognition if um, he allots certain time to the minority leader. Otherwise, all the senators are equal, and they get to offer up as many amendments as they want. Uh, and what happens is they do something called filling the tree. Now, what is filling the tree? We just got through the motion to proceed. That is, a piece of legislation has come from a Senate committee and it's going to the floor of the Senate. Under the motion to proceed, the Senate sets the parameters for debate, allowing both sides to offer up certain numbers of of amendments. Now, they don't always do it this way. In some cases, they just anybody can offer up as many amendments as they want. But under contentious partisan legislation to avoid a, a type of filibuster through offering up amendments, they give each side X number of amendments to offer. And over a 20-hour period, those amendments are offered up. Now, it's not a literal 24-hour or a a 20-hour-on-a-clock thing. It's spread out over a number of days. Uh, But that's what they do. And each side offers up amendments. Each amendment is debated. Uh, Each side has a certain amount of time to debate, and then they're done. Now, Republicans want to try to improve the legislation. In particular, Marco Rubio wants a more expansive child tax credit. He's joined by Mike Lee and others. They're still willing to vote for the plan, even if it doesn't come forward. Democrats, of course, want to put Republicans in tough messaging positions for next year. They want to make Republicans look bad. So, for example, uh, Republicans are getting rid of the Obamacare individual mandate. The Democrats may want to try to restore that, although that puts them in a difficult position. But they'll have the New York Times and, and others saying that, well, the 
uh, Republicans are raising taxes on the poor by getting rid of the individual mandate. It makes no sense when you stop to think about it, but why has that ever stopped a liberal from claiming something? This will go on for 20 hours and they will vote on it. They will not be able to have a filibuster because this is going to be done under reconciliation. The Republicans only need 51 votes. If they get 50, the vice president will cast the tie. And then it will go back to the House representatives. And this plan is fundamentally different from what the House passed. But the House is signaling House Republicans that they have the votes to pass the Senate plan. If it passes the House, then it's going to go to the president. If it's amended in the House, there will be a conference committee. And what is so interesting under the rules of the Senate is that if you go to a conference committee on something that has passed through reconciliation, it passes again through reconciliation. It no longer passes with with the ability to filibuster it. So there you have it. The Republicans look like they're going to be able to get this plan passed through the Senate, uh, even though some of them have reservations about bits and pieces of the plan, they have the votes to get it done. I'm going to, to go into territory that I'm going to apologize to Buffy in advance for going here because God knows what ha- y'all should see the phones light up when when I go in this direction. Here's the problem with Donald Trump. The Republicans are on the verge of passing tax cuts where they still have a couple of senators who need to be fully persuaded, Ron Johnson of Wisconsin being one of them, to come on board. North Korea has fired an intercontinental ballistic missile. Nikki Haley at the the UN saying that this brings us closer to war. And we have better GDP economic growth than Barack Obama had when he was president. And the president could be on social media tweeting about these things. Instead, he's suggesting that Joe Scarborough might have killed an intern in Congress. He's ridiculing Matt Lauer and Andy Lack at NBC News over the sexual harassment, uh, sexual assault allegations. Oh, and guess what? Network could release all of the B-roll footage of The Apprentice showing the president's behavior if he's not careful there. And he's tweeting about these British first videos. Now, I need to explain to you guys what Britain first is. British Britain first is an anti-immigration movement, anti-Muslim movement in Great Britain. It is a group that has seen a number of people come unhinged, much like the Alex Jones Pizzagate people who showed up at a restaurant in D.C. trying to shoot the place up, thinking there was child molestation happening there. A member of parliament in Great Britain was murdered by someone who bought into a lot of the stories being pushed by the British First Group. A female member of parliament, y'all may remember this during the election season last year, was gunned down. Uh, by someone who bought into all of this stuff. The president has been tweeting out some things from their account today, anti-Muslim pieces, anti-Muslim videos. A couple of the videos have been things that the Russians have put forward in propaganda. Uh, One of the things the president tweeted out wasn't even true. This has created an international incident today that has become news. Um, There was a, a parliamentary... Uh, pause in the British House of Commons today while a member of parliament asked a question to the speaker about the relevance of whether or not the question could be raised or some such. It has become an international incident putting a American ally, Theresa May, in a difficult position at home as she still intends to allow the president to come to a state dinner at Buckingham Palace. 
he has plenty of things he could be tweeting about that would show his presidency in the best possible light. He could be tweeting about the tax cuts. He could be tweeting about dealing with North Korea. He could be tweeting about, oh, I don't know, the economic growth. He could be tweeting about getting judges confirmed. Why haven't judges been confirmed? Judges should be confirmed. But instead, what he's tweeting is a BS video from an anti-Muslim, anti-immigration group in Great Britain, who one of whose followers murdered a member of parliament, causing an international incident, a distraction for an American ally. He has no discipline, and it makes you wonder what the hell is going on in the White House. I mean, what is the Mueller investigation finding that has him trying to distract himself on social media? That's what some people are speculating about. Now, I don't know that that's true or not. But the man needs to exercise some discipline right now. He is within two votes of getting a massive tax reform package passed and signed into law. And he needs Republican senators who don't like him to go along with it. And all he's doing is giving them all the ammunition of the world to say, you know what, this guy's not fit for office. I'm not going to support anything he does. I thought that General Kelly could get him to exercise some better discipline, but clearly not. Y'all, this is really unacceptable behavior from the president today. It really is. It is distracting behavior that sets back his and your agenda. The only saving grace for him today is that it's all been overshadowed by the Matt Lauer allegation. But even then, it's not enough. This is going to continue, and we're going to hear more and more about it. And the media, members of the media who don't want to talk about Matt Lauer are going to force a bunch of Republican members of Congress on the record to ask what they think about it. It is not helpful, and the president needs to figure that out. Twenty-six after the hour. Let me tell you again, there is still time to get the massive amount of meat and good stuff from Omaha Steaks. For only $49.99, you can get my family gift pack. All you got to do, go to omahasteaks.com. You enter my first name, Eric, E-R-I-C-K, in the search bar. 75% off what you're going to get. And you know, by the way, they got other stuff at Omaha Steaks. If, if you look at the Family Get Pack and you're thinking, yeah, not my thing, they got other stuff there. They, they got lamb, they've got chicken, they got veal, they got beef, uh, they got aged beef, you name it. I mean, we've got desserts there, but you're going to want the Family Gift Pack. It's just for my listeners, and it's less than $50. And it is all of this. Two filet mignons, two top sirloins, two boneless pork chops, four boneless chicken breasts, four kielbasa sausages, four burgers, four potatoes au gratin, four caramel apple tartlets, one Omaha Steaks seasoning packet, and you're going to get four additional kielbasa sausages free. So the way you get this is you go to omahasteaks.com, and you enter my first name, Eric, in the search bar, and you get 75% savings. It is going to be a really, really, really good thing. By the way, I, I want to tell you guys, it is my intention of doing something on this program. And I haven't yet, but I think so, because I've gotten several questions from you. You know, there are a number of those services out there. Um, that will send you a, a meal that you can cook at home. So you don't have to go to the grocery store. Uh, you got Blue Apron, you got HelloFresh, you got Chef's something or other. 
And there are several others out there. Amazon.com apparently getting in, into the business as well. And I'm planning on ordering several of these and figuring out which one is the best. And I will let you know when I do. I just want to do it as an experiment to see because I've got friends. And most of my friends, I think the consensus from my friends is, is HelloFresh is really, really good and worth going to. I, I haven't used any of these services. I, I take that back. I did order from HelloFresh as the first one. Because several friends, including my sister, recommended it, and I didn't. It, it all spoiled by the time I got around to realizing it, that I needed to cook it. Um, so I want to do that and see, and I'll let you guys know because I'm getting. Well, I mean, for example, today at, when I was at the Quick Trip, and the listener stopped me to ask me about Omaha Steaks. Uh, that was one of the other questions he asked: "Is have I tried any of these?" And I haven't. And I've. This is. He's now one of several people who have asked me. So just for you, I'll take one for the team. And do it, review it, and let you know what I think. Uh, but I am all about family mealtime these days, and i got to admit, I am terrible about it. Uh, it is the one downside of this show ending at 7 p.m. is it is very, very difficult for me to have a family meal night with my picky eater kids without me running all over God's good earth trying to pick up supper, because by the time I get off work, it's it's hard to cook supper some nights. Uh, and I got to get better at it myself. So don't feel like you're alone in this. I am really terrible at it and need to improve. And allegedly, these Blue Apron, HelloFresh, and the like make it easier. So we will see, and I will let you know my results. We've got new polling from Alabama, Roy Moore 48, uh, Doug Jones 43, write-ins 4% with leaners, it is Roy Moore 49, Doug Jones 44, write-ins 5%, um, on the generic ballot it's 49 GOP 46 dim, and that suggests that Roy Moore is going to win this thing. When the election is had, what is it, is it next week the election? Uh, Roy Moore is bouncing back. Uh, JMC, the, uh, the pollster actually had more, or Doug Jones rather in the lead a while back. Y'all, I'm, I want to move back to the Matt Lauer thing because this thought occurs to me and I, you know, it's one of those things where I just, I, I think you can get in trouble without realizing it in how you say things, but I just, at the same time, this needs to be said. There had to be women enablers of Matt Lauer high up the food chain at NBC. There had to be because he is surrounded on set with a number of very prominent women. There were very prominent women in management at NBC And we know now from Charlie Rose and we know now from Harvey Weinstein that there were women who aided and abetted those people. There had to be with Matt Lauer. Video has just come out from a while back of uh, when he was with Katie Couric telling Katie Couric to stay bent over. He was enjoying the view, uh, mouthing it to her while she was on the air. I mean, what did Katie Couric know and when did she know it? And these other people at NBC. And that is not to say that they are, they're the culprit. But it is to say that there are plenty of people who aid and abet these things. 
Matt Lauer, the reason Matt Lauer, it turns out, uh, people started raising red flags about him is because his right-hand man at the Today Show, who he promoted into a producer, prominent producer position, was recently fired for sexual harassment. And he was, uh, I mean, he was Matt Lauer's right-hand man. And that raised red flags that if this guy was able to do this and do it that frequently and that shamelessly, Lauer had to have known about it. And now there are suggestions that maybe they were were trading, they were getting women for each other. Bad behavior like that gets enabled. Now, it seems like in the New York, D.C. media corridor that maybe this happens a lot more often than you and I would like to think, but... I just I, I'm I'm amazed by the good people that I encounter in a lot of these. You know, one of the funny things about being in the media and, and being on TV and stuff is to have discovered, particularly among like Democratic partisans on TV. Uh, we well, let, let me just go back to my time at CNN. I was at CNN for three years, and I grew up. James Carville, Paul Begala, Donna Brazil, they were the bad guy because they helped Bill Clinton. They defended Bill Clinton through all that stuff. They they were they were they were the enemy. They are some of the most profoundly decent people I know. Uh, wonderful people. Uh, and I feel that way about a number of the Republicans I work with there and a number of the Republicans I work with at uh, at Fox now. And there has always seemed to be this sort of vibe that there were certain people that you steered clear of, certain people who, who were of dubious character. Lauer appears to have been one of those people at NBC, but people covered for him because it was all about the ratings and he was perceived as a good person. I can't tell you the number of people I encounter all the time who come up to me about Bill O'Reilly and they're just angry because they liked him so much and to find out all this stuff. And they're just angry about it because they feel like they were betrayed by a best friend. You, you get connected with people on TV and radio. I mean, that's why people come up to me and yell at me. They they feel betrayed by me with if I take a political stance they don't like because they take it personally. It is a very relational, relation-oriented medium. Does Matt Lauer now choose to live his life as a gay man? I guess that's the big question of the day. <laughs> Kevin Spacey stuff. Who knows? I just, y'all, bad people do terrible things, and people shouldn't excuse it, but... When you're in a ratings-oriented business and someone is turning, is pouring money in, you will often find, particularly if their sense of self-worth is tied to their ratings, that you're going to find uh, terrible people doing terrible things and getting away with it because other people cover for them. And, you know, you just, there but by the grace of God go I, on some of this stuff. Uh, I, I mean, I can't see myself doing this, but you know, there are some people who they're just, they get famous and they change and they become a parody of themselves. In some cases, I know a guy in radio. Uh, y- y'all, you probably won't know who I'm talking about. Uh, it, it's not one of the, it's no one on WSB, uh, syndicated or local, but there is a guy in radio and he is pretty prominent. And people tell me that when he got a level of fame and fortune and money coming in, that he kind of became uh, his obnoxious radio personality. That he was a much more humble, civil person on on radio, or er, er, in person. And then once he got big, suddenly he became exactly like he was on radio. 
And I mean, we'll take Mark Aram, for example. Mark Aram, when he's on radio, Mark Aram is this boisterous Jewish guy. And when he's not on radio, he's actually this five foot tall little Protestant guy goes to a Lutheran church. (laughs) He's in the other room listening. I mean, it, it just Matt Lauer, though, apparently he was like um mega jerk off air and on air and he got away with it because he made people a lot of money and he got paid a lot of money and uh, some people just can't handle it some people don't want to handle it he seems to be one of them i'm just awaiting his kevin spacey style statement that he's going to live his life as a gay man now it's only a matter of time So this is going to become a story overnight. You need to be prepared for it uh, on MSNBC. Now, it would be a bigger story if it wasn't just MSNBC, but the way the media, look, they don't want to talk about Matt Lauer, so they want to come up with something else, so I can assume this is going to be their big story. Is that apparently multiple people from the White House are telling different reporters they are concerned about the president's mental state. And they're using the series of tweets today to do it. I don't know if these people exist. I don't know if it's real. But you know and I know how the media works. They don't want to talk about Matt Lauer. They don't want to talk about Garrison Keillor. They don't want to talk about the Democrats. They want to talk about how terrible Roy Moore is. They want to talk about how terrible the president is. And they want to talk about all of the allegations against the president. And now rumors that the president is mentally unfit to be president. Because, you know, it is a it is a Democratic dream that I know I can't say that on air. It, 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 it's 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 a regular dream that they want the 25th Amendment involved, invoked. They it is. I mean, they have delusions about the 25th Amendment. And so anything and everything they can do to push the idea of the 25th Amendment is what they're going to do. And pushing out these stories saying, Anonymous sources from the White House tell me that the president is mentally unfit and they're worried about his mental stability. It's going to become a huge story. It's going to be all over the place. You know what's also another big story that shouldn't be is that CNN isn't going to the White House Christmas party. That's not the story. The story is that you got other groups out there like MSNBC that publicly share CNN's concerns about the White House, but they're perfectly happy to go to the White House and hang out with the president. CNN, whether you like what they're doing or not, at least they're living up to their principles, unlike the rest of these people who are claiming they share the concerns and then want to go hang out with the people. 